Well, welcome everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sunday Recap. This is Chris McLaughlin, uh, and I'm here today with Pastor Keith Groves. <laughs> Keith, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Thanks for jumping in today and uh, and being on the podcast with us. That's all right. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. Um, we uh, got word this morning that both Mitch and Ariel are out, and I asked Keith last minute. I was like, Keith. Can you jump on the podcast with me? He's like, yeah, <laughs> sure, let's go. So, <laughs> so thanks for jumping on last minute. That's man. all right. I appreciate it. Uh, it's always good having you on too. I mean, whenever we have you on, you bring another perspective, I think, to the conversation, especially from just a perspective of pastoral ministry. Um, just how how does what we are talking about actually impact people right. <laughs> in some oh, yeah. ways? And so so uh, I'm I'm so glad for your input on especially <laughs> this topic where we're just going to be talking about the truth. Right. Um, so yeah, thanks for jumping on today. Glad to do it. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, hey, before we get rolling, I do want to give you a little plug about the things that you are doing right now, uh, gearing up for this fall. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, your role here is our care and counseling pastor, right. which means number one, you are kind of oversee all of the, the 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 needs of you know people in the church and care for them in, in that way. Right. But at the same time, uh, you also do training for people to get into our biblical counseling ministry right. uh, to become a certified biblical counselor. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, we've talked about this on the on the podcast before, um, and it, you know it's a it's a pretty lengthy process you, you, you talked about before, which That's is right. really neat. Uh -huh. But one of the things that you started doing in recent years is offering the training just for anybody, even if they don't want to become a counselor. That's right. T tell me about why you decided to do that, and, and what are we going to gain from something like that? Well, I think we gain a lot of things. There are a lot of people who just want to know what is God's perspective on how to help somebody who's dealing with anger issues. Mm. And so what do we do? How do we help them? Um, because, you know, even a lot of family members will come to us saying, you know, I, I need help with this. Yeah. And so we thought, well, if we can just get everybody, uh, the give them the opportunity to come in and at least check out one or two of the classes, especially an area that really interests them. Right. Then they can uh, hopefully learn something and gain from it. And, and as a result of that, we've seen some people who've said, you know what, I really like this and I want to keep doing it and I want to learn these other topics and maybe even become a biblical counselor. Absolutely. So, so it's yeah. been a good... A good opening way for people to to learn and to see things, and then to perhaps see maybe God is leading me in the direction of being a, a biblical counselor. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you said you mentioned anger uh, is one of the topics. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of dealing with with anger and maybe some of the sin struggle that comes along with that. Right. Um, what are some of the other things that you're going to be talking about this semester? Well, this semester we're going to be talking about depression. We're going to be talking about how to counsel people on psychotropic drugs. Okay. Uh, we actually have a guy who says, I lived through the 60s, so I know about this. But, but, <laughs> but beyond that, he's oh, geez. <laughs> beyond that, he's actually a... Uh, He's a doctor, so okay, so, yeah, yeah. So he he understands it from the medical perspective as yeah. well. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to be talking about depression. Um, uh, we we just deal with all kinds of different issues this time. We'll be talking about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Yeah, um, we would be talking about what the world calls addictions. Biblically, they're called life dominating sins. Okay. Yeah. And so we're going to have two sessions on how do you deal with people who are, who are really stuck and ensnared in, in some particular sin. Right. So we're going to be talking about those things. And, and, and there are some other topics. Where actually, we're getting ready to send out an email to the church or uh, church-wide yeah. uh, so that they'll be able to see what 
topics we're covering and what what day we're doing it. Yeah. And one of the things we're doing differently this time, we were doing Wednesday night uh, training sessions. We're mm-hmm. actually going to be doing Sunday morning right. training sessions so people can go to the class and, and learn about those different issues, and then they can go to the worship service. Oh, that's great. So, so this is going to be Sunday mornings during the first service. Is that's that right? correct. Okay. Nine o'clock. Uh-huh. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, look, uh, if you're listening to this, and this is something that, I mean, really, it's practical for everybody. I mean, everybody yeah. goes through these sorts of things <laughs> in, right. in one way or another. Yeah. Um, but if you're interested in jumping into one of these sessions, make sure that you check out that email coming out from Pastor Keith this week. Um, look at the dates for the sessions that you'd like to jump in on, and uh, just let them know that you're coming. We would love to have you there. Well, this week, uh, we started a new series called Truth Over Trend. Uh, Pastor Scott uh, is back in the pulpit after taking a little bit of break uh, through Christmas time and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, and in this session, he's kind of teeing up this idea that uh, as Christians, we are really to be people of the truth, right? Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's really what God calls us to do uh, or to be, and, um, and actually who he's made us to be, which is, which is an interesting thing to think about. <laughs> that's right. um, you know, when he started this sermon, um, he teed it up with this idea about how much change is happening in our culture today. And he said that what is driving this change, um, and, and you know, in some ways, it's it's I think maybe cyclical, but but it's this idea of a rejection of absolute truth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, everything's relative. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. um, just just so that we all are on the same page, could you just help us unpack the idea of what is it? What is absolute truth and what is its opposite, which is relativism? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, absolute truth is, is where you, you actually know that there's some foundation. There's some, um, well, in our case, you know, there's a person. The person mm-hmm. is God, mm-hmm. uh, which, who's, of course, he's way beyond just an average person. <laughs> you know, he's sure. the creator of the universe. Yeah. But God created uh, us and gave us, and even within, if you look in the laws of nature, and Scott mentioned that uh, in, in his message too, that you know you look at the way things function in nature and in creation, and even in our own minds and hearts and, and the ways that, uh, that we try to move to relativism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God has created truth there for us to know and to understand, and it's absolute because it comes from God, and God doesn't change, and so that truth doesn't change either. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting about this is and when we when we study theology you kind of have to begin at a at a certain point and and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's funny like so you know different systematic theologies that are out there are going to approach this question in some different ways right. uh, and some of them are going to start with let's start with doctrine of God right mm-hmm. and then you're going to get to like doctrine of revelation like in other words how does God then speak to us how does he communicate to us in right. some ways and um, but uh, others are going to switch that around they're going to start with doctrine of Re- revelation mm-hmm. And then, then discuss doctrine of God, and uh, I don't know that there's a right or wrong way, but I think it's interesting to think about it from the from that stance of beginning with doctrine of revelation, because it, uh, ultimately what it does is it says, uh, let's take our human condition, uh, like where we are first, right. mm-hmm. and then from where we are, what do we know? What what can we know? <laughs> and then and then from what we know, um, how do we? Uh, how do we receive those things? Where do those things come from? Right. Um, I brought with me. Uh, 
a uh, it's a systematic theology. It's a huge one. It's from <laughs> it's about a, it's about 120 years old, uh, but it's called Reformed Dogmatics by Herman Bovink. Uh, Bovink was a um, he was a, a, a theologian and a pastor in uh, the Netherlands uh, right okay. around the turn of the century the, of the 20th century, so like the 1800s to the 1900s. Right. And his um, his uh, systematic theology is um, just awesome. Like I, I've read through the first volume and then I've read smatterings of the other volumes. So there's four mm-hmm. volumes to this yeah. thing. It's huge. <laughs> anyway, but in the beginning, what he does is he starts to walk through this idea of um, how do we know the things that we know, uh, right? It's called epistemology, the study of knowledge, right? right? And then he starts to get into the doctrine of revelation. And, and this just hits on what you're talking about here, which is this idea that there are certain things that, um, uh, that are true, right? Mm-hmm. And they are never going to change because these things are are true because God has made them true. You know what right, I mean? Like, yeah, like they're sure. they're always going to be true, and um, and God reveals that truth. And Scott said this in his message. Uh, he talks about how he reveals things in creation. Um, right. He reveals things through our conscience, which is one thing. Uh, which is that's an interesting passage uh, <laughs> that talk about that. How like we have a, a revealed truth within our hearts right. as well. But then uh, we also have this idea of God's word um, uh, and how God reveals uh, Himself to us through all of those different things. Right. You know. So so going back to the definition, right? So absolute mm-hmm. truth is there. There are these truths that are absolute. They do not change. Relativism says the opposite. So so maybe really quickly, help me just unpack relativism. What is that saying? Yeah, relativism is more where it, you know, it's that whole idea of you have your truth and I have my truth. Right. And they may, we call them both truths, but, you know, they may be totally opposite. Right. And so so the the real question is, okay, what truth is really truth, especially if they contradict one another? Yes. And that that's that's where the dilemma comes in with with the way the world is treating that. Exactly. And so what's what's interesting about this is when I was about 14 years old, I remember um, mo- I, I moved to a new school. Um, I was starting high school. And I wanted to make friends like mm-hmm. every other 14-year-old that was there, right? Like, <laughs> right. you know. And as I started talking to people at this school, I found that people had very different views on different things, different religions, political views, all kinds of stuff. And I began to sort of formulate this idea in my head that, well, maybe what's true for them is true for them, and maybe what's true for this other person is true for them, and then what's true for me is true for me. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I gravitated towards that idea because it meant that I didn't have to take a side. Right. It meant that I didn't have to stand firmly on anything, and therefore I didn't have to like have any confrontation right. at the end of the day. Much less conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could just you know, accept those ideas and then just have the friendships or whatever. Right. Um, later on, as I became a, uh, I, so I became a Christian my senior year of high school mm-hmm. and I began to ask some more of these questions and I realized wow, there really is like one truth to things. And if I'm going to be a Christian, I, I need to kind of stand on that truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it presented a problem Socially, right? That's right yeah. <laughs> when it when it comes down to it, that's right. Um, but it's but it's interesting because I I, I just tell the story because the, I I had no concept of what relativism was or absolute truth mm-hmm. was in my fourteen year old mind, and yet that's where my mind went. Sure, I went to relativism in order to alleviate conflict. Right, you know. Yeah, and 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 to me, 
if if my 14 year old mind and my corrupt fallen nature <laughs> goes to that develops it and, and then runs towards it right. it's probably wrong <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean right. I mean just from an experiential perspective <laughs> right it's probably wrong mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, but at the same time I mean there are people today philosophers today right who do embrace and fight for a relativistic perspective on truth. Yeah, it's interesting. They they create conflicts a lot of times with with people to try to tell people we don't have to have conflict. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of inconsistent in itself. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, and relativism ends up being, as Scott said, self-refuting, right? Right. To, To have an absolute truth claim that there's no absolute truth. That's right. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah. Very yeah. inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's take a moment just to talk about the doctrine of, Re- of revelation before we get into the passage, because I want to I, I mm-hmm. spend some time in, in 2 Timothy 4, um, and then I know you've got, you've got some other passages that, that you were thinking through as well. But I want to um, talk about the doctrine of revelation first, because I think this is something I don't think we've actually talked about on the podcast at length before, and I think it's important for us to really have an understanding of this. When we talk about the doctrine of revelation, um, we're talking about how does we're not talking about like the book of Revelation, okay, (laughs) (laughs) or the doctrine that comes out of the book of Revelation, (laughs) okay. What we're talking about is how does God reveal Himself to us, or how does God reveal truth to us? You know, whether that's truth about who he is, who we are, how he's saving us, all kinds of things. Um, and, and so typically we divide, uh, theologians divide the, the doctrine of revelation into two general categories. So I'm going to put you on the spot, pop quiz. <laughs> yeah. what, what are the two general categories that you have? Well, there's, there's general revelation yep. and then special revelation. Yeah. So what are those? So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unpack those for us. Well, general revelation would be more of creation, all the things around us. You just, you right. look at the complexity of a leaf and you say, well, how did that just happen by chance? Right. You know, that, that doesn't really make sense. And so God reveals himself through creation and general revelation. And then special revelation is where God specifically lets us know who he is, what his name is, what he uh, designed for us, and and how he wants to interact with us and how much he loves us. And that special revelation is, of course, God's word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And special revelation is an interesting one. We're going to – I want to dig into that a little bit more. Um, Let me pause on that. Let's go back to general general revelation because I want to touch on that first. Uh Um, I think what you said is exactly right. It really has to do with nature, creation around us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A couple passages to think through on this. Um, Like I love – when I teach the apologetics class – I usually, when we talk about general revelation, we go to uh, Psalm 19, verse 1, and it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) It says, There is no speech, uh, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the ends of of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. And I think mm. what's, what's interesting about this verse is you see how he's, the, the psalmist is really speaking about um, the glory of God being revealed in all of creation. Right. It reveals knowledge to us. And gives us, uh, and it never stops. 
never yeah. stops. It, it, it's always speaking, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, another really great passage, and um, let's, let's let's maybe turn over there really quick. Is Romans one? Oh yeah. Um, would you would you read that? Yeah, I see you got it open there, but um, sure. Uh, verses just like eighteen to twenty. Uh, yeah, 18 to 20 would be great. Okay. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty straightforward there. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is like throwing the hammer down right at the beginning of his letter to the Romans. Yeah. And and there's so much in it. so so he's talking about the wrath of God being revealed against sin, right? All the yeah. ungodly all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And and he says it's it's being revealed to those um by by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. That's right. In other words, what he's saying is is General revelation has spoken, and they know it. Yeah. They know that there is a God. They know that he is real. Mm -hmm. They know those things. <laughs> and yet what they're doing is they're suppressing the truth. Yeah. Okay. So let's hit that on a ground level for a second. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I know I mean, you do a lot of counseling with, with, with people and, and right. working through their sin struggles and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Where do we see this suppression of truth in a in just a regular everyday sin struggle? Well, I, I, it's it's you know the suppression of truth mainly is because when I choose to sin, it's because usually I know what God wants for me, mm -hmm. and I say I don't want that. I want something else instead. Uh, yeah. And so I'm suppressing the truth of okay, God has said this is the way to behave, or this is the way to speak, or this is what I should be doing, or what I shouldn't be doing. And and instead of following what God says, I say no, I want to do it my way. Yeah. So I'm suppressing the truth that I know God says something about that. Yeah. And and He wants the best for me, but I think I know better. Right. And so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do what I want to do, Absolutely. even though it may be detrimental to me and to those around me a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting about that, too, is it's like, it's like we are, in, in seeing all of creation around us, and that we, through creation, we can know that there is a God, and that that God created everything around us, including ourselves. Mm -hmm. Just by the virtue that he has created us means that we owe God our absolute allegiance. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's made us. <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah. we owe him our allegiance. And so for us to then rebel and to move into a, a, a very selfish state of mind saying, saying, I know better than you. <laughs> right. Who are we yeah. to, to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. That, that whole illustration is, is, is borne out in scripture too, where he talks about, you know, the potter and the clay. Oh, and, good, you know, yeah. the, the clay can't just say to the potter, hey, listen, I know you made me to be a cup, but I want to be a bowl instead. Right. You know, <laughs> yes. it's, it, you know, that's not the way it works. And, you know, as a woodworker, uh, you know, I enjoy doing that. And so I make things and you make things for a specific purpose. Now, they right. might be able to be used for something similar, but usually there is a specific purpose in mind. And, and that's why God is with us. He's created us for specific things for us to do and to accomplish and to uh, the, as we have that relationship with him to fulfill the, the, 
the design he has for us. Yeah, absolutely. So One other thing I think that we can pull out of this verse, too, is at the end, in verse 20, he says, he says that these things have been clearly perceived, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the qual- these invisible attributes of God, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived. So people know these things. Right. Ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, that's that uh, uh, general re- revelation, right? Mm-hmm. Paul concludes that sentence by saying, so they are without excuse. That's right. What I think is fascinating about this is uh, this implies that through um, general revelation that uh, it is enough to condemn us. It is sufficient knowledge to condemn us of our sin. That's right. However, um, one of the things, and I, I brought up Bavink earlier, Bavink points out, that while, while it is sufficient to condemn us, general revelation is insufficient to save us. That's right. It, yeah. doesn't, have the, it doesn't have the gospel mm-hmm. in it. True. So we need, we need another revelation mm-hmm. in order <laughs> to have salvation, and that leads us to yeah. special revelation. Yeah. And, and just as, as we leave that, one of the things about general revelation is you look at all the cultures around the world, and all of them, I mean, you can see this as a truth, (laughs) because all cultures have something or someone that they worship, because they recognize that there is something or someone greater than themselves uh, that that has brought about the creation that we see and we understand. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and that's why God gave us his special revelation, though, to make it clearer as to, okay... I'm the one true God, yeah, <laughs> and and I, and I want to have a relationship with you, and that's why I'm going to make it possible for and and the amazing thing is He provides everything that's necessary, yeah, for us to be saved. It's nothing that we do; it's what He does for us and 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 to us to help us to come to to that understanding. That's right. That's right. And so, what's interesting about um, special revelation is that through this, where in general re- revelation it is God's self revelation, like He is, like we saw in Romans one, He's showing Himself to us. Mm-hmm. Um, in special revelation, He's doing that even further. Right. right? Uh, this is a quote from Bavink in um, his the first volume of of his book on this, but he says, "The revelation that Scripture discloses to us does not just consist." in a number of disconnected words and isolated facts, but is one single historical and organic whole, a mighty world-controlling and world-renewing system of testimonies and acts of God. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what's important about this, is, especially as he's setting up a systematic theology, which is like an understanding of God as a whole, right. he's saying, look, we have to take everything from creation and his special revelation as well, and put it together into into one cohesive thing because God is con- going to be consistent in the way that He reveals that's Himself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think and I think that's that's important. There are some different ways that He does reveal Himself in special ways. Okay, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. so like in the Old Testament, you had I mean you had prophecy, right? Um, right. Miracles, yeah. uh, theophany, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, where God would show up in bodily form, things that's like right. that. Yeah. Uh, you see that in the Old Testament. But ultimately, all of it culminates in the person of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, I, I want to point to, again, another passage about this and why, why we believe this. We're going to be really like apologetics heavy on this <laughs> episode because we're just like... That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1 is so good. Uh, and, oh, yeah. And uh, the very beginning of, of, of the book of Hebrews, 
he uh, lays out this idea of revelation, how God is revealing himself. And he says, he says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so he's setting up like God was revealing himself, and right. he did so in this way. But then in verse 2 he says, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, right, whom he appointed as the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. Right. And, and I think what, what the author of Hebrews' point is is that special revelation was taking place in all these different ways prior to the coming of Christ, and now that Christ has come, um, we have the full and final revelation right. of God, this full and final special revelation of God in the person of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. which is like what Jesus said. He said, um, you know, when, when he was talking to his disciples and and they're, and they're like, show us the Father. And he's like, look, if, if you've seen me... You've seen the Father. You've seen the Father, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, so this, is, this, is, this is key for this. So the question is now, you know, here we are in the year 2022, and we're, you know, 2,000 re- years or so removed from the person of Jesus Christ. How do we then know Jesus so that we can know God? Well, that, that's why the special revelation as recorded by, you know, his followers that's right. <laughs> that we, we find in, in God's word is, is so important because it reveals to us the way Jesus interacted with people, mm-hmm. what he taught them about God, what he showed them about God, mm-hmm. and, and what God himself wants for us. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just amazing to me. I continually am amazed at Christ and, and how he didn't just come to do what God gave him to do, as far as accomplishing our salvation yeah. and making that possible, but he revealed God to us in a better, clearer way yes. than had ever been done before. Yes. Yeah, in so, a perfect way. Right. In the perfect way. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and what I, you know, it, it, I, I like the like the beginning of the book of John, the Gospel of John, right, mm-hmm. where where he, he talks about how, you know, in in Christ is the fullness of God's being, right? right. Uh, like, like, he, he who who he is is the perfect representation of God the Father. Sure. You know, so all we have to do is look to him. And, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, um, the, the New Testament certainly records the uh, the things that Jesus taught and said and what he did. Um, and I'd say even more than that too, we have the Old Testament, which prefigures Christ, points to Christ, reveals Christ. Right. Uh, in all kinds of ways too, and um, and 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 because of that, all of Scripture ends up being the special revelation of God that we then can depend on right. in order to know Him fully, yeah. uh, to know Him. And I, I would say this: that we can know Him truly, but not exhaustively, like because we can't <laughs> know true. God exhaustively. Right. If right? we knew everything about God, we we'd be very close to him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> so. but we can know him truly, right, right. through his word, which mm-hmm. I think is is so good. So all that being said, we, we've talked a lot now about revelation and all this <laughs> stuff, but I think it's so important because like we just don't get to talk about these things very often. What I would love to do is let's jump over to our main passage. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 1. And uh, would you just read... Uh, the first four verses there. This is the passage that Scott was um, utilizing at the beginning of the sermon. Okay. So 2 Timothy uh, 4, starting verse 1. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, 
Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears that they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions Mm -hmm. and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Yeah. This is a, just the context of this I think is so good because, you know, here's the Apostle Paul this is probably the final letter that he wrote before he died. He knew that his life was coming to an end, and he writes to one of his students, Timothy, right. to who's a pastor, mm-hmm. uh, probably at Ephesus, and he's and and he's encouraging him to hold strong to the ministry that he's been called to. Right. You know, and in this in this charge, there's so much here, um, uh, but. If you were going to summarize what his charge is to to Timothy, um, how how would you how would you wrap that up? How would you summarize it? Well, first of all, realize that this charge is from God, who judges everyone, yeah. who is the ultimate say as to you know what happens with us yeah. in eternity. Uh, and and I that, think that's good because you see that right in verse one, right. Um, where he says, "Who is to judge the living and the dead?" and and I want to come back to that too, but yeah, I think I think yeah. that's an excellent point. Yeah. But but he's really saying, hey, you, you need to preach the word, and and the yeah. word he's talking about is, you know, the of course the Old Testament scriptures uh, that have already been written down, and then the the scripture uh, and the teachings about Jesus and His will and, and about yeah. the church that we find here in the New Testament. Right. And so he says, preach that and be ready at any time to use it for every aspect of life. Yeah. And 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 make sure you're teaching is is done with complete patience yeah uh, you know so that so that everybody will have sound teaching and watch out because there are going to be people who will you know suppress the truth again that's right yeah yeah absolutely so l- let's t- talk I want to talk first of all about why people are going to reject this truth. What what is this a whole idea of like itching ears? Uh, I'm going to accumulate for themselves teachers to suit our own passions. Where do we see that in our culture today? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I mean, I'm sure our listeners are probably like, uh, yeah, there's a hundred examples I can think of. But right. um, but what comes to mind for you? And uh, maybe what do we see even within um, our own kind of like our own context right now, where where yeah. we are here. Yeah, well, it, I mean, the amazing thing is, like, even in our own community, I mean, we've, we've had a lot of people come to our church, and, and one of the things they've said is, you know, we appreciate the fact that when we come here, you preach Scripture. Oh, that's true. You yeah. know, and it's, so, so to me, that's, that's encouraging that people are noticing that there are other places where they're, they're teaching. Yeah. And they're teaching how-tos, or you should, or, or you right. shouldn't. Whereas what we're doing is we're teaching, here's what God's Word says. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that, that we love to do to, to make us distinctive from from others. But, I mean, all around the world, you've, you've got all these teachers uh, that are just teaching things that sound really good, and, you know, your life can be better right now if you do this, this, or this. Right, right. Um, and and just, just self-help uh, kind of uh, thing. Yeah. Whereas, that's a, that's a good category. Yeah, where that's that's I mean that's in God's word, yes, but his his word and his message is about Jesus and, and about our relationship with Jesus and yes. how we need to follow him. Uh, not because we have to, not because 
we there are certain things we should do or shouldn't do, but because we have this relationship with God the Creator and His Son Jesus, and and we can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells us. Mm. So, wow, yeah, like yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's kind of like yeah. summed the whole thing up. Uh, <laughs> You know, it makes me think of, there was a book a few years ago um, by a guy named Christian Smith, and uh, it's a book called Soul Searching. Um, and I, I'm not completely sure where he stands in his, where he stands in his, in his faith. And I, I think he's passed away now, but um, he talked about the church and he talked about, um, in particular, the evangelical church in America. Right. And what, as he surveyed people, he, he did a lot of, a lot of, uh, surveys and kind of tried to figure out what exactly is the church doing. And the way that he summarized the teaching of the evangelical church in America is therapeutic, moralistic deism. Oh, okay. Wow. And what I think is interesting about that definition is if you break it down, so therapeutic, it's, it's, it's designed to help you feel better about yourself. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you see a lot of that where it's like, um, and certainly grace does help you feel better. Uh, oh, no doubt. But I think <laughs> but I think when you really deal with Scripture, you're also dealing with... Conviction of conviction, sin. Conviction, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is going to convict you. Yeah. And, and, and so to ignore that completely is not helpful. Right. Um, You've got to let the Word do its work and the Spirit do its, His work mm -hmm. within us. So you have the therapeutic, moralistic, so this is be good, shape That's up, right? right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to... Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Be kind to everyone. Be kind, right? <laughs> and a lot of that, too, comes down to also, I think, what you're saying, too, about, like, how to improve your life, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, we see a lot of teaching like that where it's it's really just how to um, be the better parent, you know, improve your mm -hmm. marriage, you know, even, like, stuff about finances and saving right. money and things like that. Like, um, there's a lot of those things because... They're, they are felt needs right. that are within everybody's heart. Like people feel the pressure and the strain of finances and marriage and parenting. That's right. Because that's where they're at. <laughs> yeah. But the answer to that is not, hey, pick yourself up and follow these rules and you can do it. Mm -hmm. The answer is, wait a minute, actually you can't do it. Um, those are, you know, but, but, if, but if you surrender yourself to the Lord and, and live the way that he wants you to live, right. that changes things. Yeah, you as know? you let Jesus live through you, then he gives you the power to accomplish those things and yeah. to deal with those yeah. issues. The gospel the gospel comes into play there in a big way mm -hmm. where it's it's not it's not about a legalism right. towards like following all the rules. Mm -hmm. It's also not about um, just this freedom where you don't you don't have to do anything. Yeah, go do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. It's it's neither of those. Right. It's this third way that says here's what's before me. You know, if you're married, you're a parent, you're struggling with finances, right? Mm -hmm. What it's saying is um, yeah, those are realities in your life. God has put those realities in your life so that he can sanctify you and grow you. Sorry. So, so the gospel says, uh, first of all, you're a sinner and you're not going to be able to do those things right. So repent, That's right. believe, trust in me, yeah. right? And as we do that, as we trust in the Lord, He's going to change us through those circumstances, right? right? But oh, yeah. but a lot of the the therapeutic teaching and the or sorry the the moralistic teaching that is happening happening in Western evangelicalism is then leading us to uh, just more of that self help kind of thing oh, we're yeah. talking about, yeah. yeah. And then he and then he ends it so it's therapeutic moralistic deism. So deism is just like there's a God, but He doesn't really interact with the world. Yeah. He doesn't. He's not. Really, he doesn't really care about us. Yeah. He's just. He's out there, but he's not actively involved in, in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is this is 
precisely <laughs> what what we see today, <laughs> right. and and we see that being predicted here. I think in Second uh, Timothy chapter four, uh, this itching ears to accumulate for themselves teachers who will suit their own pas- passions and turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myth. Yeah, it was amazing. The one quote that he had of. Uh, one of the wives of a, a prominent preacher, yeah, <laughs> and 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 as I'm I'm reading that, I'm like, wow, yeah, you know that just, I mean, it contradicts scripture in so many different places, yeah, and I, I was I was taken back because, you know, I knew there were some iffy things going on, uh, and and that's one of the largest churches in America, but, you know, as far as attendance goes, sure, <laughs> yeah, but I I you know it just it threw me because I thought well. I knew things weren't exactly right, but wow, that just, uh, I mean, that's, some of that was actually contradictory to what scripture teaches. And, and it's those subtle little things that those shifts that help, uh, (laughs) help accomplish that dealing with the itching ears and and things that we like to hear rather than things that we necessarily need to hear. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And man, and that's, that's the thing about coming to church too. I, 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 this is going to be a side point, but you know, I don't know why everybody comes to church. Uh, you know, people have their different reasons for coming. Sure, I come to church because at the end of the day, I and, and, and I've grown in this because because this is not why I used to go to church. Mm-hmm. But I think I come to church because I need to hear from Christ. Right. You know, I don't. I don't need to be. I don't need to know more about myself. Uh, I know I'm a sinner and I'm terrible. Uh, you know, uh, I know I'm, I'm redeemed by grace, right. and I need to be reminded of those. I need to be reminded of that 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 Christ loves me. Um, you know, like we 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 sing it and we talk about it, but the idea that that God has chosen us, right? right. That idea mm-hmm. that that we have been chosen, um, whatever that means. That could mean a bunch of different things to different people, but <laughs> whatever right. that means. Um, but that also that 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 God in His love for me has set me apart to be holy, mm-hmm. um, and that and that His word uh, as as First Tim uh, yeah First Timothy chapter or Second Timothy chapter three talks about mm-hmm. His word is there to complete us. It's there to 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 expose the gaps that are the result of the fall, right. and then. The word itself, as it is applied to me, uh, as it's preached, yeah. that it completes me. It 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 changes me. That's right. Um, so, like when I come to church, I come to church to hear from Him. Yeah. You know, like I want to hear Christ. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, that's one of my frequent player, prayers uh, on a Sunday morning. Is Lord, you know, when people come, may they actually encounter Christ. Yes, and and actually get to see who He is and and meet Him, you know, through the Word and and the Spirit working that that people would actually encounter Him. Yes, and yes. Uh, and I know th- and I know that Scott's prayer too. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he's been influential in my understanding. I think of that as well. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and uh, the other aspect that, that I think the, another benefit of church is we encounter other Christians who hopefully are encountering Christ as well. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, we spur one another on. Absolutely. To, 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 to do what God wants us to do, but even more it's than a, doing is to be who, who Christ wants us to be yeah. as, as we see the examples of, of others who are really connecting with Christ yeah. as well. That's a Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 talking about that, right. that we should not give up meeting together. Um, but spur one another. 
That's right. right? It's for yeah. one another on towards love and good deeds. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back into the passage here as we close. Um, we're going we're gonna to wrap things up here, but he gives uh, three instructions here. Uh, well, really, really four, uh, but he, he gives these instructions in chapter two. He says, he says, preach the word. He says to be ready in season, out of season. In other words, like, you know, when it's popular and when it's not popular. Yeah. Um, and I think we see that in, in the culture. There, there right. are times where being a Christian is in vogue and there's times where it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. <laughs> um, we're 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 probably entering into a season where it's less in vogue than it was in the past, mm-hmm. um, and I think we have to be ready for that. He's telling us we should be ready in season and out of season, whether it's popular or not popular, in mm-hmm. order because because um, ultimately the role of the church is to be what First Timothy three fifteen says to be the pillar and buttress of the truth. Right. Right. Yeah. This com- I mean, this is really what the sermon is about. Like, as the church, our role is to be uh, people who stand for the truth. That's right. And yeah. I, th- I think it's interesting too. And notice the words he uses there, because if we're dealing with truth, truth is not always easy for people to hear, right, or to grasp, or to live out. Yeah. And, and so he says, you need to reprove and rebuke and exhort yeah. with complete patience and teaching. Yeah. And, and those words, you know, uh, one of them has the idea of placing things in people's mind mm-hmm. and to put it there. Another one has to do with getting back on the right path. Mm-hmm. And the other one is actually confronting to say, listen, you're heading down a dangerous area. Yeah. You, you know, think about where Christ would, would want you to be and what he would want you to do. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, the, the, the words there he uses are just amazing that, that it's all about staying true to what is right and yes. what is wrong. And there is a, an absolute truth and there is right and there is wrong. Yeah. And, and the, a lot of people like to say, well, life is about all these gray areas. Well, <laughs> there are, there seem to be a lot of gray areas, but if you look at scripture and you let Christ lead your life, then it's more of what Christ said. He, he said, you know, life in Christ is yes. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's, it's me following God's will, God's word, because I know his truth. Then, you know, the spirit helps me to know, eh, this is, you know, th- and, and our culture lives by feelings, but if the spirit directs your feeling, you know, the, I'm uncomfortable with this mm-hmm. through what I understand in scripture mm-hmm. that, you know, that's the spirit directing our feelings even yeah, <clears throat> to help, excuse me, to make the right choice. Right. Yep. As we close, I want to ask this, this kind of question of application here, because let's go back to my 14 year old self, <laughs> right? That right. is struggling with making friends uh, at a new school and I'm learning this for the first time as a 14 year old, that, right. that my, my job as a Christian is to stand for the truth. Mm-hmm. How do I stand for the truth? And at the same time, not um, ostracize myself, not sacrifice the influence that I have with people, right. um, not be a total jerk <laughs> to everybody, <laughs> you know? Like, like, what does that look like for people to do that? Um, how does that play out in real time? Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you go on the street corner downtown <laughs> in the city, you'll see every once in a while some of these guys standing up saying, hey, repent. 
yeah. you know, or, or you'll, you'll be sent to hell right away. Right, right. And, and that's not typically the, the best way to contact people <laughs> and to influence you're, them. You're so kind. <laughs> you're so kind. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but really what, you know, what we have to understand is, listen, you can stand on God's truth. And, and that's why you take all of Scripture, you know, where it says, sp- always speak the truth in love. Yeah. And if you're in a conversation and you're 14 years old and one of your friends says, you know, something that, go- that goes against Scripture, then you, you listen to them and then you help them by, by just showing them, okay, you know, God, God has given us this and, and here's what you might want to think about. What yeah. about this yeah. I- instead? And, and, and just... You know, as a 14-year-old, it's hard to get people to think <laughs> critically. <laughs> well, that's, remember, that's, not, that's not unique to 14-year-olds. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I remember yeah. being there and, and having a lot of questions myself and, and wondering, okay, how do I answer this? Yeah. And so that's why I think it's so, so key that we, we go back to Scripture. What does God say about this? And so that should be the first thing we do is where does God say? And then go to somebody, if, if you're wondering, you know, go to somebody who's more mature in the faith yeah. and say, well, you know, what does God say about this? And that's just part of why we offer the classes we offer right. because the world has one perspective and we want to make sure people who are counseling our, our, our folks are, are grounded in God's word, at God's perspective on these topics, even though it may be a challenging topic. Yeah. But you always speak the truth in love yeah. and you do it with gentleness and respect like what he's he's talking about here and and you do it in a way because you care about those people not just because you want to be right or point out they're wrong or, or something like that yeah it's because listen i love you and i want the best for you and and that's what god has for us and here's what god says yeah yeah that's really so. good you know i i want to i mean just to be honest and even just confess this to, to everyone here like this is not something that i'm i feel like i've been very good at um, for, for most of my, my Christian life, you know, cause as I, as I learn more things about the truth, I, I, I find myself wanting to stand on that truth. Right. But what ends up happening is, is, um, I end up feeling like I don't connect with then the people that were around me, you know? Um, right. mm-hmm. I remember being very young and, and the, um, you know, when I became a Christian, I was about 17 and I had a, I had a, a, a friend group. Uh, around me that they were fun guys. But then as we got into college years and stuff like that, they wanted to go down a path that I just didn't want to go down. Sure. And I felt like I needed to remove myself from that in order to protect myself. Right. But then what I realized was, is as I did that, um, it was easier for me to, to then, you know, stand on the truth, mm-hmm. but I ostracized myself from everybody, right. you know? Yeah. I, and, and I would say too, like, uh, just, just to be fully honest, like, I, I feel like, uh, when I first started here at Stones, uh, almost eight years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, seven and a half years ago, um, I kind of did the same thing. Like, right. um, I, I felt like I was coming out of a situation where truth became such a big deal, where I had a very hard nosed, like, I got to fight for this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And there were conversations that I had with people and things like that, where I ended up not being able to, and not, not, not expressing that truth with love right. and not, bu- not based on a, a foundation of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that hurt a lot of relationships that I had initially sure. when I was here. And, and um, it's something that I think has uh, been a struggle for me um, where like even now, I mean, there, there, a lot of the people are still here at stones and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, 
you know, it, it, um, it's hard cause I, cause I know I hurt them sure. and, and, and I, it, 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 it pains me that right. that's what I did, you know? Yeah. There's that balance between truth and grace yeah. and, and you want to stand on the truth, but you also have to do it with grace. Yeah. And, and Paul, it's interesting how we see sometimes that he seemed to be, you know, right down the line, hey, this is the way it is. Yeah. But uh, evidently, because we can't see his, his tone of voice in the, <laughs> yes. in the words that we read, yeah. but evidently, you know, he, there were times where he felt like, you know, that's what's necessary because of my deep relationship with these people and they're heading in a dangerous pathway. And then other times you see him, you know, he says, I dealt with you as a caring father. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I dealt with you like a, a mother. Uh, you know, who, who's caring and compassionate. And so uh, that is a, a delicate balance that we all have to work on. And yeah. my, my wife is really good at mount, making sure yeah. that I still stay on the... <laughs> my wife's way better, the, but way better at it side. than me too, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, so I appreciate that. But yeah. uh, it's uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, we have the truth and grace. And then, yes, there are times where when we stand for truth, we, we will, because of our understanding of Scripture and our relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. we will have to change our, our people group yeah. or, or, you know, distance ourselves from, from some of the people who are getting involved in sinful areas. We will experience rejection. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We, that's just a natural part of it. Now, hopefully that's not something that necessarily is caused by us, right? but it's, it's because of our understanding and our commitment to Christ and yes. to the truth. That as they reject us, they're really rejecting Christ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's like John 17, I think is where, where Jesus talks about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, great last word, man. I love it. <laughs> well, hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this was a helpful conversation to you. We, we covered a lot of ground, which is really fun. <laughs> right. uh, Keith, thanks so much for, for joining us today as well. Oh, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, next week. Next week, um, we have a special guest next week, actually. Um, one of the leaders of our Moms Crossing ministry, Jessica Schoolcraft, uh, is going to be here with us uh, to talk about what we're going to be talking about next week. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I, I can't <laughs> wait. So fun. I'm going to tease that out a little <laughs> bit. So we'll see you next time on the Sunday recap. Bye everyone.